0: Hello and you're very welcome to The Others, the Alan Kinsella podcast where I start looking at small groups and parties that stood in elections here over the years. Today we're going to look at the Waterford People's Party, a uh, breakaway from the Workers' Party in Waterford in the mid-80s. Waterford was very uh, was a stronghold for the Workers' Party at the time. Paddy Gallagher had won uh, a seat in Waterford Corporation in 1974 so, for official Sinn Féin and he'd The party had polled over 10% of the vote. In 1979 local elections, Sinn Féin, the Workers' Party, won two seats and almost 20% of the vote in Waterford Corporation. And of course, in um, the early 80s, Paddy Gallagher, I think February 82, Paddy Gallagher won a seat in the doll, which he lost subsequently in November 82. There was a huge opportunity for the Workers' Party to grow and to retain that seat because you had a labor Fine Gael coalition um, from 82 to 87. However, there was a split. According to the the Lost Revolution, in Waterford, a split within the local organisation partly connected to members taking opposite sides in an inter-union docks dispute had caused a number of activists led by Mick Dunphy to form a rival... Waterford People's Party. There had been a long um, running dispute in Waterford docks um, and the ATGWU uh, law was on strike and lost members to the general, uh, the Marine Port and General Workers Union. Um, so there was a, a an inter, inter-union dispute there. Um, the Workers' Party, through councillors Davy Walsh and Paddy Gallagher, had tried to mediate um, the Waterford Docks branch of the Marine Port and General Workers Union and called on the Workers' Party to refrain from unhelpful political interference in the present port dispute. Referring to a document drawn up by the Workers' Party entitled Proposals for a Resolution of Display in Deep Sea Section Waterford Port, the Union says its views with incredulity the proposals contained in the document. It also claims that if a sworn public inquiry had been carried out as requested, the current catastrophic situation would probably not exist. The union says it is grateful to individual members of the corporation for their help, but it does not believe it would be helpful to have the Workers' Party proposals discussed at a council meeting. In fact, an attempt was made by Alderman Paddy Gallagher and Councillor Davy Walsh to have the matter introduced to the last meeting of the corporation. Councillor Walsh told the meeting his party was trying to remedy the situation and he believed it would be helpful if council members heard his party's proposals. Alderman Joe Cummins said he had been approached by members of the Dockers Committee who told him the Workers' Party should mind its own business as it was only adding to the problems by interfering. So it appears some members of the party were on the ATGWU side and some were on the other union side. Next of all, well, we find that the uh, row splits Waterford Workers' Party branch. The Waterford branch of the Workers' Party has been hit by a series of resignations, including those of three members who were likely candidates for this year's postponed local elections. It was claimed last night. Reports suggested that there had been considerable unrest in the branch for some time. Although the two WWP councillors on Waterford City Council are not among the defectors, it is said that Councillor Paddy, Alderman Paddy Gallagher, and Councillor Davy Walsh are central figures in the controversy. The resignations are said to include a former chairman and vice chairman, Party Watford branch. So, if we go back, we it, we find it was actually Walsh and Gallagher were the ones who tried to intervene in the um, dispute, inter-union dispute on um, the on the docks. So, aside from that, like I was talking to. Uh, Put feelers out to see if there was anything else, and somebody said it was basically a split between uh, Mick Dumphy, John Halligan, Falvey, and Martin O'Brien, who felt that the old guard at Gallagher and Davy Walsh weren't hard left enough to meet the ambition. Um, obviously, there was personality clashes as well, but the, the the WPP, the Waterford People's Party, or what became the Waterford People's Party. Were certainly further left or felt they were further left than the existing Workers' Party on um, Watford Corporation. So the Workers' Party responded um, with the statement on um, the resignations. It became evident over the last year that the party organisation in Watford was not operating efficiently. Over the past couple of months since the European elections, the party has been reorganising. At a meeting held on September the 11th, it's 1984, by the way, attended by Mr Tomás McGillah, TD, President of the Workers' Party, and Peter Kane, Administrative Secretary, new structures were agreed. At that, at this meeting, a new officer board was elected, and all present agreed unanimously to the new procedures. We regret that as a result of these reorganisational decisions, three members have felt it necessary to resign. However, the organisation in the city is now on a stronger footing than for some time, and it is working with greater commitment and conviction than ever before. In the forthcoming local, local elections, we intend to add to our numbers in the corporation. It is our intention to win back our Doyle seat, and I take this opportunity to thank our supporters for their generous contributions to, the, to our annual door-to-door, October door-to-door collection. We intend to build the party branches throughout County Waterford and we welcome anyone committed to the task of building socialism to our ranks. There was a rumour put out that uh, those who had defected from the Workers' Party were about to join Sinn Féin or that had been approached by Sinn Féin. This was categorically denied and Sinn Féin issued a statement to make it clear that at no time did any persons acting for or on behalf of Sinn Féin try to arrange a meeting with Mick Dunphy or John Halligan. Furthermore, we have no intention of meeting any of the people mentioned above in the article. The statement came from the PRO of the Water si- si- Waterford City Command of Sinn Féin, Noel Ryan. So in the few months in, uh, uh, since then, a number of mem- the members have decided to get together, and um, the expelled members, and form a new political party. So this is in May, early May. Uh, 1985 members of a new political party last week pledged to bring fresh vibrant image to Waterford City Council if they were returned to office in the upcoming local elections they roundly condemned the highly controversial and questionable activity of junketeering by public representatives accusing the outgoing councillors of abuse of public trust and they insisted that the incoming council must consist of committed articulate people and will strive to give all they can and not Take all they can. At a press conference in St Brady's Lounge Bar, St John's Park, and Tuesday, Mr Mick Dumphy formally announced the formation of the Waterford People's Party and confirmed that he and two other former members of the Workers' Party, Mr Joe Falvey and Mr Martin O'Regan, would be contesting the Waterford City Council seats in the next month's elections. Mick Dumphy explained the new party was based on the philosophy of socialist republicanism. It had been founded with a view to advancing that philosophy to set new standards of political conduct in City Hall and to combundering by public representatives of public funds which they believed was the type of wa- willful waste synonymous with corruption. He claimed that over several years past, going back to the time previous to the lo- last local elections, the elected members of Waterford Corporation had squandered hundreds and thousands of pounds on what they would have the public believe were activities which in some roundabout way were to the benefit of the people of Waterford. In fact he maintained these activities or conferences or so-called are no more than expensive holidays for the participants and all the expense at the expense of the Waterford taxpayer. Our election manifesto when released will catalogue the full extent of these activities and the wide involvement of council members in them and as if this use misuse of public money were not enough some of those council members now add insult to injury by expecting waterford householders, including old age pensioners to pay water rates so they they continue their gallivanting around the world around the world on junkets this abuse of public trust has been largely responsible for the growing cynicism of the public particularly the young put towards public representatives and politics in general it is our intention when elected, to radically change the image of Waterford City Council and give, them the ki- give the kind of honest, positive and aggressive leadership that the people of this city desire and deserve. Like his fellow party candidate, Joe Falvey sees no merits or in justification for the imposition of water charges. At a press conference he made it quite clear that, compounded by the insult of dragging decent citizens to court, He regarded the charges as grossly unjust and the final straw on the backs of the savagely taxed PAYE sector. All three candidates pledged that if elected they would oppose all forms of junketeering, whether at home or abroad, and they would further promise they would do all in their power both inside and outside the council chamber to ensure that extra taxation in the guise of water rates or service charges were not heaped upon the people of Waterford. It is our intention to see that Waterford Corporation is part of the community and not an elite club apart from it, Martin O'Regan said. We will insist that City Hall is readily accessible and regularly accountable to the community it is supposed to serve. We are not prepared to merely indulge in rhetorical... <sighs> In rhetoric and the old worn out cliches of opposition, we intend to make things happen. We believe Waterford has been poorly served and we intend to rejest that situation and make Waterford Corporation a dynamic force to create a better environment, both socially and economically. Other points stressed by the candidates were, fit and proper housing must be achieved for every Waterford family. This is an urgent priority and means at least doubling their present annual output real value must be gained from city council representatives on other bodies harbour boards, eastern health board vocational education committee etc at present the council's involvement seems to be no more than expense gathering exercise by the councillors involved the corporation body makes no input and representatives never report back the corporation must take a firm stand in the city's chronic unemployment situation it is passing polite meaningless motions which are unsupported by positive action and in respect of employment the Port of Waterford must be developed to its full potential and the Corporation must play a positive role to ensure this is realised. Maximum pressure must be exerted by the Corporation on central government to institute an equ- equitable taxation system. This would ensure that all sections of the community paid their fair share. On this issue, the double taxation of water charges at present existing must be abolished. The final words on Tuesday were, We are here talking about an attitude that insists on high standards of public conduct, that refuses to accept second best for Waterford, that treats all of its citizens with dignity, that is open, frank and accountable for all its actions. Waterford needs a city council, with an attitude that will give new pride to every man woman and child in their city and its leaders when elected we will demand such an attitude and will settle for nothing less so there you have it they're anti-water charges they're anti-junket housing standard left-wing um left-wing fair but actually it, it you know the whole junket thing was a massive uh, issue certainly in the 80s in that where council were struggling with budgets and had cutbacks and everything and we're trying to impose water charges. It was seen that councillors were off um, all over the world um, on junkets and of course these junkets paid for by the taxpayer. So the campaign started and the People's Party candidate in the number two electoral area, Joe Falvey, sets out the reasons as he sees them why the upcoming elections are of crucial importance. The electorate have two choices, to re-elect the same tired and tried group of councillors who've been remarkable only in their fondness for travel at this public expense, or go for change, adopt a new positive attitude in the matter. The people can elect me and my party colleagues McDumfee and Martin O'Regan and thus help trans to transform Water Corporation from its grasping, cozy clubbiness to a modern, hard working and effective local democracy. I will be insisting that the corporation does what it is elected to do, to work. The rot must be stopped now. There must be calm, honest, imaginative and hard working leadership. So the elections are crucial. The choice is a stark one. Five more years of the same or, or a new spirit, a sense of professionalism and a genuine representation of the people. Other candidates in this election speak of meeting with apathy. This is to misread and misunderstand the true feelings of the good and decent people of Waterford. What I have met is not apathy, but a sense of resignation against almost inevitable liaise, tired promises, false tired promises, and insincere smiles of politicians, and a disbelief that anything can change. The Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Labour people knocking on the doors of the citizens of this city are representing parties who have supported water rates, while they have each presided over a toleration and tolerated a massive evasion of taxation so the waterford people's party campaigned with the slogan of stop corruption at city hall which ruffled a few feathers so the election came and in waterford um, area electoral waterford corporation electoral area number one Mick uh, Dumphy polled 222 votes and missed out um, incidentally, David Walsh outpolled him and Billy McCaffrey McCarthy of the Workers Party. In uh, electoral area number two, Joe Falvey polled two hundred and fifty-four votes and uh, didn't get in. But in electoral area number three, uh, Martin O'Regan uh, polled eight hundred and eighty-nine votes and was elected on the first count, which was a stunning, um, a stunning um, victory, and. Uh, Also there, Paddy Gallagher of the Workers' Party was elected. So it was, although the Workers' Party got two uh, candidates elected, the Waterford People's Party got one and did quite well in the election, getting one, you know, getting one candidate topping the poll elected on the first count. So it was a, it was a success. After the election, we find that the newly formed Waterford People's Party, which was was accused of conducting the lowest form of electioneering ever seen in the city, is to be taken to court, it emerged in a meeting of the Corporation of Friday. The party, which was successful in having one of its members, Martin O'Regan, top the poll to become Alderman in war, Ward number 3, has already been taken to task by the Watford City branch of the Local Government and Public Services Union over their election slogan, Stop the Corruption in S- S- City Hall. In a scathing attack on the election campaign, their party and Alderman O'Regan were deplored by virtually every member of the new City Council, while City Manager, Councillor or Mr. Michael Doody regarded allegations made about members' expenses as beneath contempt. Incidentally, actually, the attack was launched by Alderman Paddy Gallagher, who said it was a matter of the utmost public importance to show that the documents circulated by the party alleging expenses paid to members of the Council was incorrect. So there you have the workers party attacking the waterford people's party on the electioneering posters circulated around the city by the waterford people's party detailed expenses allegedly paid to each member during their time on the council and it was that document which the members took exception the other poster stopped the corruption in city hall annoyed the officials and trade union members in city hall alderman gallagher who has sought a breakdown from the city manager of expenses paid to members pointed out that from a working budget of 26 million in 1984, the cost of expenses to members came to 13 percent, which was less than 30,000. The city manager said he should make a statement rebutting the allegations made. So they caused a big fuss. Um, they caused a big fuss with their uh, election campaign and really uh, ruffled a few feathers. Replying, Alderman O'regan. Said that because there was a court case pending he was not going to get involved in facts and figures he stated however that alderman gallagher had called tr- uh, trips outside the city and abroad junkets and not so long ago had called councillor rogers the chief junketeer he went on to ask how many jobs have been created in waterford by the uh, trips abroad and particularly to rochester in the states again you know just the, there's obviously some uh, bad blood there within between the two parties, the Waterford People's Party and the Workers' Party. The 1987 election came along and um, even though the Waterford People's Party didn't run, the Workers' Party polled poorly. Um, Paddy Gallagher got 2,855 and the Dungarvan-based running mate Anthony Wright just got 552. They were a long way, you know, they weren't even, what they were, seven and a half percent they were well off winning a seat so this the split had damaged um had damaged the party in mortford and you'd wonder um really had the split not occurred would the workers party have won back that seat in 87 after a couple of years of um Fine Gael and labor in government in early 1988 uh, the new workers party leader pontius de Rossa made a trip to Waterford. And there must have been some some amount of talks because um, it was his first trip to Waterford as party leader. And um, he announced there that Martin O'Regan of the Waterford People's Party would be rejoining the Workers' Party. So that was a big move. And in effect, that was the end of the Waterford People's Party. In 1989, in Waterford, Paddy Gallagher got 9.6% of the vote but failed to win a seat. And in 1992, to the split, Martin O'Regan actually stood for the Workers' Party, getting 3,000 votes against Paddy Gallagher of the Democratic Left's 1,039. O'Regan stood again in um, 1997, winning 4,139 votes, just actually missing out in the last seat. In 2002, John Halligan was the Workers' Party candidate, but the vote had gone down to 1,270. And in 2007, Halligan stood again, uh, getting 1,708 votes. In 2011, Joe Tobin stood, and the party got just 873 votes and by 2016 it had stopped contesting. Uh, we didn't have a candidate to run in the general election. In local elections in 1991 Paddy Gallagher, Martin O'Regan and David Davy Walsh were all um, elected to the council for the workers party and in 1999 John Halligan, um, Martin O'Regan and Davy Walsh were again elected to the council. And by 2004 Waltz, Davy Walsh was elected, and John Halligan was elected. So there were still, you know, a, um, a presence in Waterford when you know a lot of uh, a lot of the rest of the country, you know, the Workers Party had disappeared. Uh, Davy Walsh won a seat in two thousand and nine, and Willie Moore just missed out on one, and Joe Tobin did too in the local elections. In two thousand and fourteen, uh, there were boundary changes and things. Um, and David Wallace lost his seat, and that was the last of the Workers' Party um, having a public rep in Waterford. So that's the story of the Waterford People's Party and the Workers' Party in Waterford. Thanks a million for listening, and don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, uh, iTunes and all the rest. Okay, thanks very much.